If you've ever wondered what are the steps from A to Z to set up your Spendthrift Trust, you come to the right place, although I'm sure that a lot of this is not going to be what you expected. But before I get into the nitty gritty of how we set up our trust, I want to do a disclaimer that says I'm not a licensed tax or legal advisor. I don't give tax, legal or accounting advice. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal and accounting advisors before engaging in any transaction. Before I get into how we set our trust up, I just want to do a quick introduction. My name is Don Thornton. I have been a successful real estate investor for 21 years. I've flipped well over 3,500 foreclosures. I'm known as one of the best short sale investors in the country. I have owned my own business for decades and I own this trust. So let's, before I dive into this, let's discuss again, what is this trust? So it's a non-grantor, irrevocable, complex discretionary spendthrift trust. It's very unique, it's copyrighted, it's been around for 70 years. And in a nutshell, what it means is that you can get some amazing tax benefits and asset protection. For example, passive income in this trust is not taxable. There are no capital gains taxes with this trust. They're all excluded. And when you work uh, with your company with this trust, you can get some amazing tax reduction for your business. And finally, it gets you 100% lawsuit proof asset protection. And the way it does this is because it is 100% compliant with this tax code or this part of the tax code, IRS code 643B. In regards to passive income, I'm just going to quote from the from the uh, IRS code here where it says, for the purposes of this subpart and the subparts B, C, and D, the term income, when not preceded by the words taxable, distributable net, undistributed net, or gross, means the amount of income of the estate or trust for the taxable year determined under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local laws. Items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends, which the fiduciary acting in good faith determines to be allocable to corpus under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law, shall not be considered income. So this law firm has been creating these trusts for 70 years. It, I mean, this is 80,000 clients, probably hundreds of thousands of, of tax returns in this period of time have been filed with the IRS. So it's basically, we realize, you know, the, the, the licensed experts have come to the conclusion that in this, in this uh, context for this specific part of the tax code, an extraordinary dividend, you know, works for, you know, when you declare any passive income to be an extraordinary dividend, then it is not considered income according to the code. Now on the uh, capital gain side, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to quote from the tax code again, where it says gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to corpus and are not a paid, credited or required to be distributed to any beneficiary during the taxable year or paid permanently set aside or, or to be used for the purposes specified in Section 642C. So, you know, in a nutshell, all the money comes into the trust. It is allocated to the corpus and it's a complex trust. So therefore it is not required to 
distribute to any of the beneficiaries, which is important for it to be in compliance with this code. Now, I'll just show you a quick uh, quick uh, tax return here. You can see how this is a 1041 tax return. I, I did a uh, screenshot. So basically, you know, $923,203 of, $923, of uh, you know, income that came in. You can see how it zeroes out to zero, right? And you know, if you look on, on the deduction side, you can see how specifically this talks about it being a non-grantor, irrevocable complex discretionary spendthrift trust. On the bottom, you can see that extraordinary dividends are allocated to corpus according to IRS, IRS code 643B. And that number right there is there. So you have all the expenses and the, and the extraordinary dividends also considered an expense. And then from it zeroes out. So we don't, you know, uh, any passive income is declared an extraordinary dividend and it's not considered income. And it, in fact, on the tax return, it zeroes out. So that's a quick review of what the trust is. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm, we're going to move forward. And as if you told me, hey, I'm going to get a trust on, but here's my question. Now what? What do I do? So I'm going to walk you through now exactly how this goes. The first thing is I'm going to send you a trust application. And this is what it looks like. So basically, all we, we want you to do, uh, we want you to come up with the name of the trust, the address, the settlor. The settlor is going to be somebody that is going to use his or her social security number. Their sole purpose is to get the have that you'd be used to get the EIN number and to be the official creator of the trust that way you can be trustee and it not be considered a grantor trust so whoever that person is you need to have their information here uh and then usually you're the initial trustee whoever wants to be the initial trustee the compliance overseer is very similar uh, you can have one or both be that but basically you just want to have uh somebody or two people that would have total control of the trust to make all the decisions. And then um, page two, you just need to make sure you have at least one beneficiary here. That's very important. And if at the end, you just authorize the purchase and put the name of the purchaser on here. And once again, the name of the trust, you sign it, print it, and you wire the uh, investment money for the trust. Send this over to me, give me a copy of your wire transfer, and we'll get going on the next step, step two, which is within a day, we're going to generate a trust EIN number and a certification of trust for you. And this is just what it looks like. Uh, you're going to get this type of a, a document from the IRS. Well, we'll get it and send it to you. But this is actually what it looks like. The trust, a trusted, uh, this type of trust uh, um, uh, EIN number. So you get this. Of course, I blacked it out. But uh, you, you, then you also get, we give you a certification of trust. And it's, I mean, this is just a quick screenshot of it. It's, you know, three or four pages. But this actually creates the trust as, you know, this trust is up and running uh, as soon as you get the certification of trust. And so what you can do now, step three, is you want to open up a trust bank account. And these are the steps. So you take the certification of trust uh, document, you need to get it notarized first. And then you take the EIN document that we provided to you from the IRS. And then uh, you're going to go in there and tell them that you want to open a personal trust account. 
and they're going to ask you who the grantor is. And so you just tell them that you know, whoever, whoever you chose as your settler is going to be the grantor. Now, this works for Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is absolutely the easiest bank to work with. But um, if you take it to another um, bank, then they're probably going to make you wait until you get the tax, excuse me, the trust book from the attorneys. And uh, they'll just have to wait there. So I just, you know, I, I tell people, look, Wells Fargo's fine. I've had Wells Fargo, my real estate investing company for over 10 years. And, you know, it, I like the fact that I could just walk in there and get it done in 30, 40 minutes. Whereas other banks like Bank America, Chase, you know, they're going to generally want to see the trust book itself. So it's up to you how you want to do that. So step number four is we're going to you're going to compile a list of the assets that you want to sell to the trust. And so we have a um, exhibit a example we want you just to go through and follow this template exactly so you put your you know start off with real estate it could be you know your primary residence uh have be a vacation home second home or or investment property it could be commercial property you want to fill it out just like it shows here on the screen and then you know go through to motor vehicles any bank accounts any cryptocurrency you know, and then uh, household goods. As a general rule, anything with household goods like furniture, appliances, whatever, is about twenty five percent of whatever the value of the property is that you have on you know to your selling the trust with. And you have other things like if you have uh, precious metals, things like that. All anything of value, you're going to list on this um, uh, document that we call it Exhibit A. Okay. So the next thing to do is you're going to place a value on each asset and our formula is very simple it's whatever the this original acquisition price whatever price you got the you bought the asset for if you did if you spent any money on improvements you add to that original acquisition price if you ever used uh, the asset for any depreciation on your in previous year's taxes and you want to subtract that and whatever is left over that's the sales price to the trust okay and then uh our next step is we're going to get help you get a bill of sale for uh selling your assets because remember this is an irrevocable trust so you have to sell your assets into the trust and so this is we have a form for you uh basically we want you to go through and fill out this information who the name of the seller is which would be you or or, or the company um the address phone number email address and then the name of your trust and who the trustee is going to be and then of course uh the address of the trustee and then the main thing is is this bottom line here where it says total value of assets and of course it's cost basis what you pay for the asset so um when you go through your exhibit a you're going to have a price for every single asset at the end you're going to have all of those individual prices added up to one overall number total value of your assets, that's what you're going to put here at the bottom of the, um, of the form. And that's important because we never see your exhibit A. But once we get that form, then we will, we will do the bill of sale and the demand note for you. Okay. So this is what it looks like. I mean, this is just a very, just a screenshot of the, of the front of it, but basically it's a bill of sales saying that uh, you, you know, Joe Schmo uh, sold, transferred and conveyed rights and title, whatever to the property, to the trustee of this trust. And it goes through and gives you that. So, and then your exhibit A is going to be an addendum to this bill of sale. We don't see your list of assets all we do is all we got was your overall number and we created the bill of sale for that 
And then you have a demand note because remember, this is a sale. So there has to be some kind of monetary consideration given. And because money is not being given directly, uh, the trust is giving you a demand promissory note in exchange for you know, the assets you're selling to the trust. So that's what kind of like what it looks like at the very beginning. So that's, that's, uh, we get that for you. And then we're going to introduce you to our CPA that does all the trust accounting for our clients. And I want to introduce you to him. His name is Mark Julian. He's a CPA. He's here in Tampa. He has 30 years experience and he's a trust accounting specialist. And, uh, you know, he's got it. He's bring, bringing on more and more um, accountants to come in because the business is booming. And of course, you need to have a trust specialist that does the 1041s for your t trust because it's completely different than any CPAs or accountants are familiar with. And then the last step is to enjoy your new life. This trust is amazing. It's going to help you explore new investment opportunities because you're going to be having so much tax savings. You're going to have more money to invest. And I can talk to you about infinite banking policies, you know, IULs, whole life policies. Those are excellent investments to work with the trust where you want the trust to be the um, owner and the beneficiary of the death benefit. It's amazing. And remember, because all this, any if you decide to invest something else, you can do blockchain, crypto, real estate. Uh, you can put it in the, in the uh, stock market. Whatever you do, remember that the investment income is not taxable. So it's all going to come into your trust. So it's pretty amazing. And you're going to find that as you get used to this, you're going to wonder why you never did it to begin, you know, earlier, because that's what we always, everybody I've talked with said, man, I wish we had, I would have done this earlier. I would have known about it earlier. I said, yeah, me too. But you can only start where you are at now. So my suggestion, my advice is to reach out to me. Here's my Calendly link, my scheduling link. It's www.calendly.com slash Don Thornton. My name is spelled D-O-H-N-T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N slash 30 minutes 30 min if you go there schedule a meeting with me and we can go over what your situation is i can show you how much money you can save and how much you can protect your assets which is sometimes an undervalued part of this trust but in the meantime i want to thank you for watching this video and for your interest in the spendthrift trust thanks a lot